Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ultimate Despair Reprise, a Danganronpa recap podcast going through the entire Danganronpa series, one murder at a time. I am your ultimate host, Kyrie. I'm your ultimate fangirl, Jennifer. I'm Jackie. I'm uh, just a normal... St- I'm the reserve student at Hope Speak. Yeah. Um, not ultimate anything. Paid your tuition. Paid but I've solved all these murders so far, so I can't be too bad. You paid your tuition, paid your dues, got the filled yeah, up. Yeah. Do you think they fill out FAFSA at fucking Hope Speak? FAFSA? FAFSA. I don't know. It's some loan program. Um, I think, I think if you have to, I think they disqualify you if you go, if you get any assistance, I think they literally just like, if you, you will open up the doors to hope speak and they, they do the same thing where they hit you with the, with the sleep dart, mm-hmm. but like, which I mean, normal hope speak things, uh, you get hit by the sleep dart, but instead of like, you know, waking up in a classroom and getting, being put in the killing game, they just kill you. Yeah. You wake you wake up in the middle of the desert, in like you wake up in Nevada. Yeah, you think, oh, am I on Jabberwock Island? It's like, no, you're just in Nevada. It's like, no, you're no die. <laughs> Have a horrible day. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> so yeah, um, we ended up playing through the uh, fourth chapter here. Well, the second half of the fourth chapter, and. Uh, yeah, like I predicted in our previous episode, this is easily one of the worst chapters out there. Did you do you remember the last episode? I don't. I remember my opinions. The last episode was like before Thanksgiving. <laughs> I remember my opinions uh, about this chapter and they have not changed. Can I just say I love our podcast schedule of just like when we get around to it. <laughs> Listen, it's what the it's the viewer not the viewers. We're not on YouTube. We're not on Listen, we're not the McElroys. We're way less annoying. <laughs> Listen, life happens, folks. Much like this Life happens. You know what doesn't happen? Us liking chapter four of Danganronpa two. Danganronpa two, um, Goodbye Despair. Goodbye Despair. I forgot the title of the game. Let me tell you how long it's been. I almost forgot the title of the game. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to come back sooner after this, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But- um. So Shitman gets the shit chapter, which seems way more fitting than it is. Mm. Um. This puzzle was really bad. I'm sorry. This puzzle was maybe the worst in the series. No. I think it kind of feeds you the direct, like, solution to it. And then we get... They asked me what the difference between five and seven was. And then, like, when I answered, they were like, this person must be a genius. (laughs) They have... Like, Hajime is stupid, (laughs) but they really project that on you, the player, a little bit too much in this one. Yeah, this chapter can be summarized so I'll just be like, Hajime Hinata, high school student, has to go to his mind palace to remember what an elevator is. Yeah, his fucking yeah. his fucking hangman's get What a terrible mind palace! It's so disorganized and things. They are definitely exploding. also made things. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm talking over you. No, nah, it's all good. We're we're still we're still getting back in the saddle, as it were. Yeah, we're still getting the swing of yeah. things. Um, they definitely made things way worse by instead of having the like reasoning for the trial being harder because they're trying to ramp up the difficulty, they make the mini games harder. Mm-hmm. Like, why? What is the incentive? Yeah. I I will say, like, 
conceptually, this I, the idea of this chapter is not the worst. Like a murder in a fun house is not the worst idea because you deal with like weird geometry, and this is what they try to do, but it just kind of falls on its face. Yeah, the actual space of this. I think the, I think it's actually really cool that they use the actual space for the murder. Like, if you gave me the outline of this, I would say this is fine. Like, the it's cool. And it worked really well that, like, the way that the murder was set up, the way the murder was set up, the motivations of Gundam and the motivations of uh, Nekomaru. I almost forgot his name there for a moment. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all good. But the, the two of them... The two of them had, like, actual motivations. It just sucks that we find out super late, and like, literally after the trial concludes what the hell is going on. And it also sucks that, like, so much of the trial hinges on figuring, on, like, not really figuring a thing out, but articulating it. Right, because I ran into this problem where I knew the solution to the problem, but the game wouldn't let me give the solution i thought worked out like it's that it's like one of the frustrating things of like adventure game design especially in like ace attorney has the same problem where sometimes you like you know the answer but you have to deliver the answer in a very specific way for the game to accept it Mm -hmm. i think that's that's a good way to put it and i think Another thing is the the chapter the trial should have been way shorter. I think so simply put like the bulk of this chapter was simply like trying to figure out what the deal with this place is, which is totally fine if then you are able to articulate this. Yeah. But they don't let you articulate it. Yeah, and it's it's might be hard to remember because we spent months away from this, but like they spent the entirety of that first half of this chapter like once they got into the funhouse explaining the mechanics of the funhouse so nine yes like 90 percent of this chapter is them going over the same information about how this funhouse works that and also they that is the red the fact that that is the red herring is really frustrating because they basically just tell you they tell you how the funhouse works and they spend a lot of time on it and Instead of it being, like, a foundation that then gets uprooted, it just feels like a waste of time, because the characters do truly spend a lot of fucking time telling you that the the way the funhouse works, and and the way they think it works, and then it spends a lot of time reestablishing how it works. Right. And you hear Strawberry Room and Gr- or Strawberry House and Grape House 500 fucking times <laughs> during this chapter. It is so much and so obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also like the environment itself is really ugly just spending so much time looking at these primary colors. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a bit and it doesn't feel like a good bit like it there, it's it's a lot of time spent like making the area it, it's it's demeaning in a way that i feel is intentional it's supposed to be demeaning for the characters but it just feels demeaning for the player 
Um, I would say that like the thing that they do with the characters, I think it's actually pretty funny that after the murder happens, the meal that Kanokuma gives you is Anpan and milk. Anpan Togyunyu. Which is like, yeah, Anpan Togyunyu. Yeah, it's so um, good. Which, from what I understand, is a snack for little kids. <laughs> yeah, that's basically, that's basically like you're in kindergarten and you ha- you're having, it's snack time. You get your juice, not your juice box, your milk box and Anpan. Yeah, like, extremely, extremely a snack for children, extremely Monokuma talking down to you. And, like, that works in the context of, like, Monokuma talking down to Hajime. But then when you spend the, like, entire chapter relitigating an extremely basic point and, like, somebody somebody very obviously fucked with the clocks. Mm -hmm. And the characters spend literally a thousand fucking lines of dialogue just establishing that somebody fucked with the clocks and going through that i was kind of clutching my desk there for a moment i was like you know what monokuma was right to give these people some anpan and milk because (laughs) they're fucking these are the tiniest fucking children they they may be ostensibly high school students but there's no way any of them are older than elementary age because let me tell you if you show an eight-year-old that like if you gave an eight-year-old this puzzle they'd solve it in less than 30 minutes and it's taken these fuckers 10 hours <laughs> speaking of solving puzzles um there is a sequence in this chapter in which you play as Komaeda and you go through the final dead room that I am so surprised that that sequence was legitimately good yeah I actually really that fucks me up so much yeah like you basically hear a little bit of Komaeda's internal monologue but most of that time is spent um, like in the final dead room which Monami got herself locked into by accident <laughs> um, like if you told me in last chapter that th- that this fucking this, this fucking investigation would have a sequence where you played as Komaeda and the only other, the only NPC in the area was Monomi, and you had to get out of a locked room, I would just, I would drop the game. <laughs> I would straight up be like, no. Literally, no. I'd rather deal with shit, man. I'd rather take my chances with shit, man. Yeah. Um, but they turn it into, a, like, a pretty cool escape it rocks. room. Yeah, it's a cool escape room. I love the adventure game UI. I feel like that, that was really fun. Um, the solution to the problem is like kind of snappy and not dumb at all really like it may like i i loved the planet the the planets thing because that felt kind of not like kind of very natural Mm -hmm. i and it was good it was good it was legitimately good what the fuck why is danganronpa so good yeah yeah blinking lights puzzle like tripped me up again on this second time but like you actually feel pretty smart when you figure out the like blinking lights are going vertically rather than horizontally and it's like oh this is the code it's inputting and it's using basic binary yeah it feels like you're like i it didn't make me feel like a genius but it made me feel like i was solving a puzzle you know Mm -hmm. as opposed to you know elevator (laughs) Yeah, and like they do offer a olive branch for people who don't want to deal with the adventure game situation. Like 
if you just click the door, the game will be like, hey, if you want to skip this, I got a shortcut for you. And also Monami will chime in. But uh, yeah, it's it's just, it, it engages your brain just enough that uh, you feel somewhat smart for solving some of it on your own. Like the whole news anagram being used as uh, directions, that kind of thing. And I like actually how the hints are pretty naturalistic. Like the first tier of hint is that uh, Komaeda just remarks that it's a pretty common puzzle. And then um, you point out the compass on the on the floor. And then if you kind of bash your head against the game for a little bit, it'll open up a second tier of hint that basically says like, oh, think of them as directions. Yeah. And it didn't really, f- and that, that certainly, like, it gave you the advice, but it didn't feel patronizing, which is the thing that I'm legitimately surprised at, considering the rest of this chapter. Uh-huh. Um, good fucking puzzle. I kind of wish Komaeda was just the protagonist now. <laughs> the, the bit where he's like, oh, Russian roulette, eh? Um, well, people are telling me you're supposed to play it with one bullet in the chamber, but what if we put five in there instead? <laughs> I like that how he I like how he leverages his skill because like he legitimately has every reason to believe that you have to do that you have to play like five bullet Russian roulette because Monokuma just why would Monokuma let you out otherwise he wants to see you do that he wants to see you suffer right you know it's fucking smart it's good it's legitimately good yeah i mean, I, i'm in i was really surprised that, they, that like legitimately they showed interest in their antagonists motivations and komaeda I, I felt it was a little heavy-handed the ways that he would kind of prevent the way that they prevented um they prevented cheating out which is like essentially um you know the way that uh komaeda just withheld the information from the viewer which i thought was a little dumb because i love dramatic irony and i think that it's entire like i don't really care for the central mystery of who the traitor is so they could have just spoiled that and i would have been totally okay i think it's hajime anyway like i think he's supposed to be the traitor i I think that that's going to be like last act reveal hajime was brainwashed or something like he's the traitor which depending on how they do it could be interesting um well also Komaeda ends the chapter not still not knowing who the traitor is like he took a look at the information that Monokuma gave him and he's like wait a minute this has this has information that uh supplied for has information on everyone yeah basically Monokuma inserted some false information there so Komaeda still can't tell (laughs) Oh yeah, that's true. But yeah, like I like that sequence is um it's a interesting change of pace and also it's just kind of fun to be in the antagonist's head for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think Komaeda is the antagonist. He did a lot of work this this uh this chapter. My man Komaeda fucking put in work. Put in he, work. He he did his best. Yeah, they they do end things though, letting you know that he does have information that the rest of the cast doesn't, and he's going to be doing something about it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, for the trial itself, he's still like, the Joker, uh, though. <laughs> I, I do like how they're like, wait, how are we supposed to get to the 
to, to the trial grounds and then just a monokuma head just bursts from the floor of the elevator bursts from the floor yeah, that that was a pretty good bit yeah bursts from the floor of the crime scene so i'm just imagining you know nekamaru's body just like squeezed up against the wall you know because this giant monokuma head has emerged from the ground and shoved everything away forget about nekamaru's forget about nekamaru's body i mean the gang was kind of in the middle of the room there yeah right <laughs> they just get fucking blown away like team rocket by this what if like there was a character who just was not present during the trial because they got like sent away like a team rocket <laughs> i think that would be a good way to deal with Kazuichi, I did not like him this chapter. Nah, Kazuichi's kind of a creep. Yeah, like that's the thing. He was he was kind of a harmless simp for most of the game, and in this chapter, he's just like, "Step on me, Miss Sonia, please. Your boobies." You know, like he's like a fucking really kind of a reply. He, like he goes from like harmless simp to like extreme reply guy, mm-hmm. which is a- and. Yeah. Which is a simp that's gone bad. Yeah. It's a simp that's been sitting in the fridge for a little too long. <laughs> hey, does this simp smell a little off to you? Yeah, it smells a little bit too off. It smells like pink hair dye. Yeah. I initially liked the stuff where he was just constantly getting shat on by the rest of the group. <laughs> like It was it was it was good when he was getting shat on until like he was explicitly getting off on it. Yeah. Like, that's a good way to ruin literally any bit, is to be like, oh, does this make your penis hard? Like, yes, it does. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just gotta, listen, sometimes you gotta take that and just bottle it up. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you don't have to tell us what's going on in your pants. Yeah. Put that thing away. (laughs) Yeah, the, um... Uh, yeah, like Jackie said, I do think that the central conceit of them not understanding the geometry of this place because they're stuck in a windowless building is interesting. Like, uh, the fact that a mere window of being able to see outside disproves everyone else's assumptions about how this place works. That's pretty cool. And, like, the way that the elevator works, like, I've never heard of an elevator doing something like that, but sure, it's it's a weird... Well, like a, the floor moves only. I think freight elevators work like that, so it's there is precedent. I just think that like some of some of the way they present that raises questions. Like that feels like a convoluted. Um, it feels a little convoluted because how did they not see the doors above them? Right, because like they didn't, you know, look up, but. Yeah, like, it entirely hinges, like, the fact that this puzzle entirely hinges on the fact that they do not look up, which I feel like if you were in a room with a very high ceiling, you would do. Right, I mean, uh, it just reminds me a little bit of, I mean, granted, this is a different thing, but it's kind of set up the same way, like, have you ever been to, like, I think it's at Disneyland or Disney World, they have, like, the Haunted Mansion, and it has that elevator? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? No. I've never been to... I, I've been to Disney World when I was very little, and I don't remember anything else of it. Okay, so... Other at, than, like, where the fuck is Mickey? <laughs> yeah. So at the Haunted Mansion, there is a room that you go into that is a circular room, and it has these paintings on the wall that um stretch upward because it is a 
elevator that either ascent that descends right into the next part of the ride um but naturally like and when you are in a room that has like a tall like in a tall room you're naturally just gonna look up yeah yeah the the way that they handle that at haunted mansions is just kind of neat because the elevator moves so slowly you don't really recognize it's an elevator until a little bit and the way that the walls move up above you does a good job of you making you just focus on the art instead of the fact that you're moving downward yeah um but yeah like i said like the again conceptually a murder in a fun house is a neat idea but they just don't execute on it very well yeah it works it works conceptually it just doesn't stick the landing and it just does not really work as as executed um i will say this i was dunking on kazuichi earlier and saying he sucks but there was one scene that i thought he was pretty good in and that was when he did is when like Komaeda when it first cuts to Komaeda and Kazuichi does a Scooby Doo leap into uh, Fuyuhiko's arms, mm-hmm. <laughs> which again I feel like that's a good bit for Kazuichi where he's like a lovable coward, yeah, and largely ineffectual and not like a weirdo creep. Yeah, like those are the parts of Kazuichi that I really like are when he is being cowardly or he's just being you know like when I mean, he's a dumb bitch idiot who sucks yeah um or like when sonia is clearly like having more interest in what gundam has to say he's just going oh dang <laughs> oh jeez. yeah yeah i i did like how komaeda is basically delegating tasks to these other people and even though they hate his de- guts they're all simple enough tasks that they don't really think about it, and they're like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll, I'll look at this compass while I'm riding the elevator and tell you what it says. Yeah. Megumi Ogata has, just has that authoritative voice. You listen to If Megumi Ogata tells you what to do, you listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like Very trustworthy person. Yeah, like, um, Megumi Ogata does a great job, like, in, like, the writing in this um, chapter is weak, but I think the voice performances are pretty good because at this point, um, Komaeda is a lot more um, conceited and a little bit more, you know, authoritative. Um, it was it was interesting because like he seemed to om- he like really asserted himself this chapter, which I liked. Like he seemed way like a like like this time last chapter or the chapter before at least he was kind of a joke character like everybody kind of just shit on him mm-hmm. and was like oh komaeda fuck you haha <laughs> and which i mean fine like not bad i don't mind that that's i i'm okay with him being a butt monkey i'm okay with him getting dunked on but um it's very interesting to see him like actually do things and be a character in his own right, like a kind of a protagonist, which is nice. He's a cool deuteragonist. Yeah, there's and I hope that he he is functional. Yeah. Like there is a pretty great sequence near the end of this chapter in which he um basically goes, This is the part in which Hajime explains the case. So we're gonna skip all that and I'm gonna do it. And then the music that plays when you do the trial explanation bit when you make the little comic book the music starts playing and hot and not hajime um komaeda starts monologuing yeah and the it's pro- very good the prompt to continue gets taken away like you can still skip through if you're using the skip button but <laughs> i i thought i couldn't skip um komaeda's dialogue <laughs> yeah it- 
there's a nice sense of him basically like you've seen he seems like he's sick of your shit. Yeah. And it's very good. <laughs> like, it's like he. I think a thing that Danganronpa will do that I don't like at all is that it will lampshade when it does something dumb. Like, it, or like later in the trial at one point, it says, I think a character points out that it's taking way too long. And it is actually taking way too long and it's not helpful and it sucks. But like Komaeda literally just recapping everything instead of making you do it is way better because he's very snappy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it works better than if uh, Hajime did it because Hajime is actually, all things considered, kind of boring. I also like how, like, throughout the other chapters, it was kind of hinted at, but you didn't really see that side of Komaeda. Like, he clearly just thinks that. He's a very elitist person who just sees these ultimates as being above everyone else. And since he thought he was surrounded by ultimates, he was pretty much always just uh, being very... He was like, hey, can I suck your dick, maybe? (laughs) Anything I could get for you? (laughs) And once he discovers, oh, hey, there's someone else here who is just as lowly as I am. And I'm just going to talk down to him all the time because... Like, He's just a fucking commoner. Fuck him. Not only does he think that you are like as lowly as he is, he thinks you're below him because he at least is the ultimate lucky student. You're just some guy, which kind of fucking rocks. <laughs> like I do like the idea of Hajime just being some guy, um, which you know that shit. That shit's funny, um, right? I don't understand why they took it this why why they waited this long to be like, "Oh, Hajime, your talent is that you are a fucking loser." <laughs> <laughs> Was that your parents paid for your education? You dumb bitch. Yeah, he- you aren't even the ultimate affluent student. You just <laughs> you, like you you're not inheriting it. You're not inheriting anything important. Your dad your parents just paid your college tuition fuck you <laughs> yeah uh, komaeda practically calls <laughs> hinata a cash cow at this point just being like oh yeah you're, you're the person the school brings in so that they can make money to do the important shit but you're nothing <laughs> yeah it reps um i think many things mm-hmm. about danganronpa 2 Dangarapa 2 is a land of contrast. It really is. Especially like it, within this case, I was not expecting the ups and downs. <laughs> and boy. Of high school football. Yep, the ups and downs. <laughs> the highs and lows. <laughs> the highs and the epic highs and lows. <laughs> Me, I was busy running drugs for my nana. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying you should watch Riverdale, but you should at least look up some of the co- accounts that talk about Riverdale because that show is, is Riverdale American Danganronpa. <laughs> sometimes, like sometimes, <laughs> it's genuinely trying to be a serious uh, high school drama show, but other times they're starting cults. Uh, there was a period where Archie went full MAGA and basically set up a whole weird very very close he, to racist situation does he set up hmm. like the youth conservative group or something? basically <laughs> hmm, i don't know if i like that actually but then he gets snapped out of it later and stuff like that and also there's yeah this, this whole... definitely sounds like american danganronpa <laughs> and it, it also has ridiculous characters like one of the chief families introduced in Riverdale season one is basically the maple syrup empire and they go down 
they go down to the basement and pull out wine glasses to taste the maple syrup in casks. God, this is such. This is the most Danganronpa. This, this may actually be more Danganronpa than Danganronpa. <laughs> the, the ultimate syrup student. The ultimate. This guy's sticky. <laughs> <laughs> they call him Sticky Hands Joe. Call him Sticky Hands Joe. He's the ultimate syrup student. <laughs> yeah, this this case is definitely a roller coaster. Like, uh, the the ending is really strong. Like. It was so weird that the ending was legitimately strong. Like, that shit came out of nowhere. Uh-huh. That jumping quality was insane. Yeah, because um, we find out that Gundam Tanaka was the one who uh, murdered um, Nakamaru. Um, but as soon as, like, for a while he puts up to some resistance. You know, he, you know, brings up alternate theories as to why he was in the lounge at the time or how he didn't do it. But eventually he just goes full heel and basically goads um, Hajime into like, okay, fucking destroy me then. Come on. Yeah. Then we also like takes it as a point of pride in terms of like the way that they're talking about him makes it, paints him in a light where he just did it as a sneak attack situation and you can hear the hurt in his voice when they suggest that because he's like, no, I did not go up to this person and stab them in the back. I faced them head on because... Tomokazu Sugita fucking kills it in that role for this scene. Yeah, um, Tomokazu Sugita. And it's not just that it's a point of pride. I think one of the things that he points out is that like he fought Nekomaru in an honorable duel and beat him fair and square and thus gained the right to murder him. Yeah. And it's it's not just heavily implied it's like directly stated more or less that um gundam did that for the sake of everybody so that they wouldn't all starve to death which i wish that we had this shade of his character earlier on because that kind of role of like he felt like that kind of role of being like almost a nurt like nurturing but not really you know like a start like a kind of somebody who doesn't come across as caring but does de- and does so deeply is a it is it's an interesting character angle to take for him um and it's a shame that we only see this shortly before it ends i feel like that's a common recurring thing with danganronpa though yeah that is uh, unfortunately yeah that is kind of a unfortunate thing is that you know the moment the character starts getting like some great development it's like oh they were the murderer so they're gonna be removed yeah. from the game um that being said i feel like the scene like this scene is strong enough that like cemented for me um gundam is probably one of my favorite characters in this game because i just love that he at like he still cared about everybody else but he was putting up this air this chunibyo air of you know detachment and you know just constantly calling himself a warlock and evil and all this but in reality he still like cared about other people i i think it's all i i I was not expecting to be on um i wasn't expecting to like really get um Gundam, like, he was kind of a nothing burger for me for most of the game, uh, but this sequence kind of sold me on him. Um, not just for the, not just for the uh, part that you, you're discussing, but also, like, the fact that he specifically fought Nekomaru, who, like, textually could kick his ass. Danganronpa. 
Hey everyone, it's me, Kyrie. Thank you so much for listening to Ultimate Despair Reprise. We had to take a quick break there, so it's the perfect time for the shoutouts. First of all, a huge thank as always to ScanlineMedia.com for hosting this show. Head over to ScanlineMedia.com for podcasts, reviews, and other great stuff. We got shows like Bottle Crow Reborn, Mechanista and G, and The Garnet Wager. And all those shows are free. Lots and lots of free podcasts there. But if you would like to support us at Patreon.com slash ScanlineMedia, for only $1 a month, you get access to over 175 episodes of Oops All Anime. And if you support us at $4 or more, you get access to our actual play podcast, Scanline Tabletop. Consider supporting us if you are a fan of this show. I would also like to thank Vetron for the use of the music in the show. Head over to YouTube.com Vetron Projects, that's V-E-T-R-O-M Projects, all one word, for great remixes. They've covered songs for Danganronpa, Splatoon, Fire Emblem, and so much more. Give their stuff a listen. And lastly, hey... Thank you, once again, the listener. Once again, I'm sorry we took such a long, unannounced break, but life has its way of sneaking up on us. I'm just glad that we got to be in the recording booth again and bring this show to you. Doing this show is an absolute pleasure, and we're ramping up to the big conclusion of Danganronpa 2. We promise the gap between episodes will be much shorter than the, for the next one. If you want to write in, email us at despaircast at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you. But regardless... Thank you so much for all your support. Anyway, that's it for me. Next episode will be the daily life section of Chapter 5 of Super Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. Till next time, catch you later. Danganronpa. <laughs> oh, Makoto, I've, I've procured some maple syrup for you. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was the Byakuya, like the Togami Zaibatsu? Like, what if they built it on maple syrup? All right, pardon the gap, I'm back. Okay. Okay. I was just saying, uh, what if Byakuya's entire empire was built on maple syrup? See, that would be a good bit. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so Nekomaru and Gundam have this, like you said, it was an honorable duel. And um, Gundam gets visibly and vocally upset when um, Komaeda implies that he snuck up on him or, you know, didn't face him honorably. And that's, like, kind of the turning point for the case for, like, Gundam as a character. Uh, the Ultimate Breeder uh, gets a fucking cool execution sequence. Yeah. I kind of like how he very explicitly is just, like, you know, entirely accepting of it. Yeah, like, he sets his hamsters to the side, and then he draws a summoning circle to... Or not a summoning circle, it's more like a... Hmm. Yeah, it's like a it's like a protective word or whatever. Yeah, it's really not important what it is so much the fact that he writes it down, and when he's done, he just gets immediately creamed by a stampede and textually gets lifted off to heaven, <laughs> which is like the thing he didn't want. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go straight to hell, and I'll show hell." Gets lifted off to heaven. He's a sweet. He's a, like it's really. Fu- I actually really like the dichotomy of him being like. A cringe edgelord, and he's just a really sweet guy who raises hamsters. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's textually what he's been through the whole game, but I like them leaning on that bit for, uh, you know, this, because he's getting dragged off by, like, puppies and kitties. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> um, it's one of the best uh, execution scenes, like, in the game. And I have felt that 
you know, the conversation that they have prior to the execution, I've always felt that, you know, Gundam is, like, one of the few, like, really sympathetic murderers in the, like, series. Because, like, you get it. And, like, it was, you know, like, Nekomaru consented to this duel to the death. Yeah. Yeah, Nekomaru... And that's the thing is that like had things gone a little different, I love the implication that Nekomaru would have done them would have been the murderer, and this would have been his trial. And Gundam even like Gundam cheats almost to preserve Nekomaru's honor, because like like I don't or rather I don't even think it would be cheating having the hamster do the thing. That's a skill that he very explicitly has. That's his that, familiar. That has yeah. that Nekomaru. Yeah, that Nekomaru would know about. But I like the idea that, like, Gundam goes all out and, like, does a thing fighting Nekomaru that, you know, goes past its defenses to preserve his honor because, like, the entire. Because Gundam is okay with playing the heel and Nekomaru would just not be able to do it. And Gundam knows that. Right. Like, yeah. I just like. I like the dynamic implied by their duel and I wish that the text had more of that. Like, I almost wish that we played through, like, a POV of them for a lot of what this trial is you know yeah one bit of writing i really do like at the end there too is that uh when gundam is explaining the duel he had with nekamaru um one thing he gets into is like he basically explains his values to them but he's like these are these are my values i'm not going to try and convince you that they're right and I do recognize that I have failed you all by killing someone else here. However, I do, I do not feel sorry for what I've done. Yeah, you, um, Jackie, you mentioned that he's basically written like a Thunderbolt fantasy character. And I think that that comparison is apt. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Again, and it's also delivered really well by Tomokazu Sugida when he is giving these like little monologues about his values and you know during the trial and then the voice clips that we do get about him like him basically you know being okay marching off to his own death yeah um speaking of uh thunderbolt fantasy new season out now it's a banger go watch it they bring back the in the next episode it's heavily implied or i've just from the preview of the next episode heavily implies they're bringing back uh rie kugamiya's character from the movie um for some reason doesn't tell us why i'm excited are you you should be Mm -hmm. it's a good show yeah it's a good show yeah and speaking of listen sorry go ahead genorabuchi uh-huh there are a lot of good there are there are a lot of salient criticisms about the way he writes things especially the uh way he uh his opinion his attitudes towards the women that he writes still all in all good fucking writer fantastic at writing schlock thunderbolt fantasy is fantastic you know is a fucking fantastic romp cannot recommend it enough Beats the shit out of this chapter of Danganronpa. Uh-huh. If your options are to play through fucking two, three hours of Danganronpa 2, uh, Goodbye Despair, uh, Chapter 4, Do Robots Dream of Blah Blah Blah, I don't remember the full chapter name. Clockwork, or I watch think. Two a- Clockwork, which also not a great chapter title. Mm. Um, 
or watch like two two and a half hours of Thunderbolt Fantasy. Uh, take the Thunderbolt Fantasy every single time. You should be taking Thunderbolt Fantasy. You should be taking Thunderbolt Fantasy even when not presented with this choice. Mm-hmm. I will say, in terms of other really good vocal performances, uh, Romy Park as Akane does a really good job in the little bits that she does have in this trial. Um, yeah, she carries the role. Yeah. Um, I will say that the CG when uh, Akane and Hajime are trying to lift the pillar is actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a thing you will not hear me say about many Danganronpa CGs. Yeah. A lot of the CGs, we see like the same Komai, we see the same CG, we see the same I, I'm bad head out CG of Nekomaru like five times in this chapter and it never stops being funny because he's just disproportionately small. Uh-huh. With his big ass. <laughs> His ass is just his ass is just like if you rule of thirds it his ass is just in the like literal actual area that your eye will fall if you if you're looking at the image so his ass is just center stage effectively so it's just the Nekomaru ass ping which is let me tell you fantastic right there's also um there <laughs> the CGs are something um uh, yeah but. Again, uh, Romy Park does a great job um, as Akane. I like the one line she has, like, when Gundam is kind of giving his monologues and she kind of tells him to, like, be quiet for once. <laughs> like, she's just clearly distraught. Yeah. Like, I-, I wasn't entirely sold on, like, the relationship between Akane and Nekamaru, but, like, Romy Park does some, like, heavy lifting for the character. Oh god, the role is so heavily carried by Romy Park. She just I th- I think I'm just retreading a thing we just talked about, but like let's be real, none of those lines would land if they were spoken by anybody else really. Mm-hmm. Like if without voiceover, Akane is probably the worst character. With voiceover, oh it's shit man. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh or actually, no, it's Terror Terror. Yeah, yeah, Terror Terror is fuck terror, terror. still far and away the worst Fuck Terror Terror. Nekomaru- still part of the Fuck Terror Terror gang. As a matter of fact, I com- I forgot about him completely until I remembered that the entire reason I disliked Kaz- uh, Kazuhira, I forgot his name. Kazuichi. Kazuhira. Kazuichi. Kazuhira is the dude from Metal Gear. Yeah. <laughs> the real reason I disliked Kazuhira Miller was that he was acting like, uh, he was acting like Terror Terror. Um, mm-hmm. He was like, Boss, let me grope those titties. <laughs> Which is a thing I am saying constantly, and that's why I am always fired. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Hmm. That's why you're the best, boss. Um, yeah. So what is popping about the uh, bomb? They have like five days to solve it. But is that really a bomb, or like, what's that counting down? Is that have we have we established that that's actually a bomb? Because I get the feeling that Danganronpa is going to do a twist with it. They haven't established what it is yet, other than that it's counting down to something. The hints that they're dropping about the bigger picture here, one that uh, Komaeda gets to later in this um, chapter, well, earlier in this chapter, is that um, these cases are fitting a pattern from the first game, like. You had the the case immediately before this was the double homicide, um, and like you could say almost like 
what happened within this fourth chapter was a suicide of sorts because they were sacrificing each other to get to make sure the other students survived. That god god now that you point that out I'm like actually a little bit I'm actually a little bit peeved by that. I was I think Danganronpa, you're not allowed to be self-referential like this. Mm-hmm. That's cheating. Like, they're pointing it out for a reason that they'll get into later, but yeah. And it's the other. Like it's a sequel to the <laughs> yeah. game. The other big thing that they dropped was that uh, Kolmeida now knows, like, not even just about Hinata, but he knows things about the other students that they themselves don't know. And. Um... They also dropped another big thing this chapter. Yeah. Nekamaru. <laughs> same, same difference. Right down the God elevator. God is ass. Gouncha. Um. So, next chapter is pretty buck wild, though. It's shorter. I will say that. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. That's all you need to tell me. It's shorter. It's. It's. I am so happy. It's shorter, so and happy. it's also like. It's it has some interesting logic to it that this case doesn't really get into. <laughs> so, um, speaking of interesting logic, um, never mind. I actually <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I'm just really stuck on like what. Well, I'm really stuck on this chapter because I'm just mentally parsing. Like they gave Komaeda a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Why would you ever do that? They gave um, Komeida a lot of guns and axes and all that. <laughs> yeah, he had access to so much and he did nothing with it. Um, Hold that thought. <laughs> okay, now I'm really worried. Uh, <laughs> put a, let's just put a pin in that. So there was a thing that I actually really detested in this chapter, which I kind of feel weird kind of drawing attention to. Uh, because it is a throwaway line, but Monokuma just goes really in on transphobia uh-huh. before the chapter. Like he's just he's like, oh, uh, don't do something or other, or I'll make or I'll roll a die and make you have as many sex change surgeries as the number on the face. And I'm like, wow. Not only did they translate, not only did they, not only does this line suck as a threat. This is like kind of insulting. Yeah, just yeah. directly insulting. I why does Danganronpa do this? I think it's like there is a certain amount of like I don't know if that is from the original text or if that is like a translation thing because there are some jokes in the there are some jokes that they have in here that aren't present in the Japanese text. Yeah. Also, not to jump ahead too far, but in V three. There are specific jokes that as soon as you see them, you're going to be able to tell, oh, this was added by the localization team and it sucks. So, yeah, like, I have a lot of bones to pick with NIS America, honestly. Like, the fact that they don't... Yeah, Nippon Ishii fucking sucks, let's be real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, they, um, they also translated Disgaea, right? They did, yes, they did the first... Are they still doing Disgaea? They're still still doing Disgaea, yeah. Jesus Christ. Disgaea... Is a similar property with similar problems with its humor. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a situation where, like, 
they have not even just in terms of their translation stuff, they're also just kind of a shitty company in like that they don't ever credit any of the dub actors in unless they're getting their arm literally twisted by the companies involved. And uh just whack ass company. Yeah. yeah. It it sucks supremely that a line like that is in this This game. entire industry I kinda is like, whack ass. Like I kinda like so Spike Chunsoft now has like complete control over the Dang and Rumble license. Like I kinda wish that they would like they re released um these games on phones and I kinda wish they had like done like another pass through with the translation. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately the when you're getting through the title sequence and stuff like that, it's very clear that they're still working from the um, NIS America translation. But uh, it'd be really nice to see them go back and relocalize things now that they are treating themselves as a global publisher. Yeah. That would be nice. Um, that said... That said, this chapter sucked for a lot of it but then its ending was really nice and i really liked it yeah the ending was good i'm I'm okay i'm really okay with the ending that was that was kind of bizarrely good um what else is there to say um we already said komaeda got multiple guns he komaeda just got stocked up on arms like i'm i'm a little worried about where this is going mm-hmm um i did think that um like nekamaru is a bad character but when they were doing the flashback to like the duel between nekamaru and um gundam i felt like he was matching like gundam's like absurd vernacular like it's like yeah that was pretty sick yeah it's like it worked really well you know they're talking like you know battle anime protagonist and it's like oh this atmosphere actually it's closer to something like baki in a way yeah because there's like a sense of relief that oh thank god someone on my level finally (laughs) just yeah it was kind of it kind of rocked i think that like these two characters kind of belong in a battle manga yeah just good shit um i yeah i would love like a character like gundam would like work really well within a battle manga um yeah like because he is just so he is so bought in to his character um that it's just like i you know it's charming i think yeah it is i think this chapter the ending of this chapter did a real good job of making these characters charming which um just legitimately impressive Considering, like, the bulk of this chapter did its best to make them not charming. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's kind of enough retreading of chapter most chapter bad and chapter good. I feel like we're starting to become Danganronpa here. Right. Uh, speaking of becoming Danganronpa, I was going to ask... Uh, I, I was going to end this... I was going to end the... Uh, unless we have anything else to say, I was going to say, like, ending question... If you had to pick a director to uh, t- have a shot at Danganronpa and do their own, do like a season of it, uh, who would you pick? Ooh. Mm. <laughs> um, so, I think with the way that uh, some of the later stuff goes, I would probably go with Yokotaro just because he has a... He, 
he has a knack for writing very characters who are absolute pieces of shit, but writing them in a way that is more tolerable than Danganronpa at times. Yeah, Diogotaro's heels are very compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kiri? Uh, see, this is like my weakness. I don't know tons of writers, but I feel like the first thing that kind of popped into my head was like maybe Takeshi Mike. Mike? Uh, what stuff did Mike work on? Uh, he did a lot of horror films, but he did the adaptation of Ace Attorney for a film. And um, it's actually, I think that film is pretty good because he captures the energy of that. And I think he's really good at capturing the energy of a thing when he's adapting it. And I would like to see like him take a shot at it. I don't know many other writers, but I think that that's just a good question. <laughs> um, um, you, you think my we, answer. Your answer. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, my answer was I was thinking I was thinking about it for a little bit, and uh, I would initially have said Nisio Eason, but then I realized that's literally just Juni Tyson. Right. Which is good. I actually do think Juni Tyson's very good. It's it's not Nisio Eason at his best, but it's Nisio Eason in a very it's it's a very fun Nisio Eason work, and it isn't like five hundred thousand episodes, mm-hmm. which is how you know it's good. Right. It's it's he keeps things brief, which is how you know he had an editor. Um, I think I would actually legitimately like to see Genarabuchi work on uh, Dang- do a Dang- if 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 Genarabuchi took care did a Danganronpa style like work, I'd like I'd be interested in it. Uh, that would be an interesting hook. Um, I do think that it would be longer and. Pretty much it would just kill the women, but... <laughs> you know what? Okay, I have another answer. Uh, this is going to be a weird poll, and this is like, I'm mostly thinking about this because of Romy Park, but uh, Hiromu Arakawa, the writer of Full Metal Alchemist... Ooh, she, she'd be good. She'd she, be really good. Yes, because I think... So one of the strengths of Full Metal Alchemist is... She knows how to write, like, characters like Gundam in a lot of ways. Because, you know, you think about some of her characters and, um, you know, Scar comes to mind. How he starts out as, like, this terrifying threat and then you learn more about him and he becomes a lot more nuanced and interesting. And I think that's the thing that Danganronpa needs is nuanced characters. And I think... Uh, like Arakawa is really good at that, even with like the absolute like worst characters. Um, she like has an under like she is very clear about their motivations and what drives them, and um, I think she would be an excellent like if she if she had to write a, a manga like based in the Danganronpa like universe or just um you know, like, take the format of Danganronpa and do something with it, I think she would be able to write some really compelling villains and also extremely, like, she'd also write the women really well because she's really good at writing women. Yeah. Yeah, and every once in a while she would pop up in a cow outfit just to make some 
silly jokes before disappearing again. She would I feel a- also Hiromo Arakawa is legitimately funny. Yo, yeah. Yeah. Her, like, Fumak so, and like, Silver Spoon are really funny. When they when, so when she does a bit, I think that like it would land a lot better than how Danganronpa typically lands. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I was thinking about Natsuki Ishikawa, uh, who wrote Final Fantasy XIV, Shadowbringers, and a lot of good parts of Heaven's Ward, and is writing Endwalker. Um, I would actually like a Killing Game style, like if she was writing that sort of stuff. I'd be interested in seeing how she how she plays with spaces because I because the thing that she work does really well that I like is character motivations. Mm-hmm. Like she's just very good with pathos. Um, yeah, like that's... and just the general vision and blocking and whatnot, which I really like. Right. I fucking you can definitely tell when she was like doing work on a cutscene based on how like. Based on how characters behave, like, more subtly, as opposed to, you know... The other writing staff. The other writing staff, who are a real mixed bag of competence. I I don't know who... I think Bonri Odo is the lead on Stormblood, and... Well... (laughs) Well... Well, Stormblood. That's so, that. Stormblood yeah. is an exp- Stormblood is a land of contrasts. Yeah, Stormblood's actually two lands of contrast. Um, more like two half lands of contrast. Sure, but I digress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, if there's nothing else, uh, thank you everybody for listening. This is a show on the Scanline Media Network. You can follow us on Scanline Media. Find us at scanlinemedia.com. That is, you know, that's where we post all our stuff and thank them for hosting this really silly show that we do. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening who um, powered through the long break. There will be a shorter one. <laughs> we'll get back to... Uh, life happens, folks. Yeah, like, I-, I think it's fair to say, like... We're still in the midst of a pandemic, so things kind of just get sidetracked sometimes. Yeah, right. things have been kind of wacky. Let's be real, the last God, like 16, 18 months have been extremely unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Whack-ass had... bullshit. The, the past five years have been fucking dog shit. Let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be real. Things have been fucking wacky for a long time, and I think that things kind of came to a head in uh the closest to i could say a logical sense recently so like it's very hard to it's not like it's very hard to it's hard to for things to go as it's been very hard for things to go as planned right but um but we'll yeah. keep you updated you know follow us at you despaircast on twitter.com uh we'll be posting more there you can find me on on uh twitter at kyrie a page on twitter.com i always retweet the episodes of the show and also uh monster hunter screenshots because i've been getting into monster hunter so we'll see uh jen where can people find you so i'm at jbu3 on twitter uh most of my stuff is on scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanline media and uh i also have a visual novel slash storytelling video game podcast called novel not new hun podcast you can find that at readinggames.online. The last one we did was Eliza, which is a visual novel about uh, 
a startup app for therapy. And uh, the next one we're doing is uh, Suzerain. So I'm pretty excited about that. I will say several months ago, um, we actually got one of our listeners actually sent us an email talking about they actually found the show through the novel, not new episode on Danganronpa. And they wanted to hear, you know, our takes on Danganronpa in more detail. So. Oh, wow. Oh, that rips. Yeah. Yeah. And you can email us at, uh, what's the fucking email? Despaircast at gmail.com. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Couldn't find, man, it has been a long time. Um, Jackie, anything you want to plug? Uh, Nah, I mean, I, I live in a van down by the river. That's where you'll find me. Um, yeah, I, I'm on Twitter. I'm not gonna tell you my ad. I'm not gonna tell you my at. You got to like some sort of weirdo. You can find me through. You just burnt like put a summoning sigil in the earth and <laughs> sacrifice sacrifice uh, yourself for your friends. Get fucking... sacrifice three dollars and seventy nine cents. And you will, and I will emerge, and I will take it, and I will thank you, and I will go immediately home. <laughs> what can you do with three dollars and seventy nine cents in these days? Money can be exchanged for goods and services. <laughs> That's how we could get more peanuts. <laughs> I yeah, peanuts. Yep. But anyway, till next time, class dismissed. Yeah. See ya. Catch y'all later. <laughs>